Hey there, future friends. Thor Love and Thunder has released and I am here to give my review. Please remember that as always, the first half will be spoiler free. And after the break, I will get into details. So fear not if you do not want spoilers. The first half of the show is for you. And I do give plenty of warning. This is Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show that is right this is my thor love and thunder review if you've never listened to the show before normally what i do is i tell you about all of the movies coming out during the week and i break them up into two categories which i call the limited release section those are any movies that aren't getting a wide nationwide release or a streaming release and did nothing to catch my eye then i talk about the wide release section which is every wide release, every major streaming release, and all of the indie films that did look interesting. So on that show, I don't have any insider information. I base all of my thoughts only on the trailer, and I tell you about each and every movie that I can find out about that's coming out that week. So if that sounds interesting to you, please tune in to any regular episode. The good news is it's a very up-to-date and topical show, so you do not have to go back and listen to older episodes. So good news right there, you can jump in anytime and join the Future Flicks family. But my future friends, let me tell you what this movie is about and who's in it, just in case you didn't listen to the last episode and just in case you don't know for some weird reason. So Thor Love and Thunder is, of course, a nationwide release that came out the week of the 8th, technically the 7th, because I saw it on the 7th, but who's splitting hairs like that? Not us here on Future Flicks. So Thor enlists the help of Valkyrie, Korg and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster to fight Gore the God Butcher, who intends to make the gods extinct. Returning cast includes Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Chris Pratt, Karen Gillan, Tessa Thompson, Pom Klementov, Jamie Alexander, Dave Bautista, Sean Gunn, featuring the voices of Taika Waititi, Bradley Cooper, and Vin Diesel. New to the cast are Christian Bale from The Dark Knight and Russell Crowe from Gladiator. So let me tell you the important part. If you go and see this and don't listen to the whole episode, like if you're listening before you've seen it, there is a mid-credit scene and a after-credit stinger. So as usual, stay for both. But now let's jump into about the movie. So we have Taika Waititi returning as writer or co-writer and sole director of the film, and he breathed new life into the Thor series with Thor Ragnarok. True, some people had a problem with how goofy Thor Ragnarok was, but it it felt like it actually became something there. Because Thor 1, all it did was introduce us to the character. Nothing else really happened. Like, I I didn't give two shits about anyone in that movie. Maybe except Kat Dennings and some of Thor's friends. One Loki, of course. And in Thor 2, it got a little better, because I'm one of those people that liked Thor 2. I thought Thor 2 was better than 1 but it still wasn't a great movie. So then Ragnarok came out, changed the course of the character. It became a lot more interesting. True, it became more lighthearted, kind of, because remember, there was still a lot of death in that. 
of course, that movie did give us the wonderfully heroic scene with Carl Urban. So Thor Ragnarok was overall just a better movie. So when Thor Love and Thunder was released, that Taika Waititi would be returning to the directorial seat. I was very excited and a lot of other people were very excited too. So the big question is, does Thor Love and Thunder live up to Ragnarok? And how does it compare to the rest of the MCU? First question, how does it live up to Thor Ragnarok or how does it compare? And it's, it's okay. To be perfectly honest, I really like this movie. I laughed quite a bit. I was intrigued and I was invested in the characters. And that's a real important part, of course, because if you don't care about the characters, why, why, why do you care about the rest of the story? Like, why does any of that matter? So that wasn't the issue. The issue for me was something that I didn't think would be an issue with these new Marvel movies coming out, and that's runtime. This movie is just under two hours long. And while that's a very normal time for most movies, for a Marvel movie, aren't we kind of used to a little longer? Maybe not an origin movie per se, but these movies that take place in the heat of everything, once the characters are established, we do expect a little more. And while I think a fine movie could have been made within the two-hour slot, I think it moved a little fast. I think this movie needed like 15 minutes to half an hour more to dive just a little bit more into these characters, a little more into gore, a little more into the history of Jane Foster and what she had been doing since Thor 2. I know a couple of the other movies have alluded to her, but I would have liked to know a little more about what happened. And it's kind of hard to talk about my main issue without any spoilers, but let me do my best. When we look at the basic arc of the hero's journey, at some point, the hero's needs or wants or desires have to become obvious. And for Thor, he's coming out of a big slump because we had that long time where he was fat Thor because he was still recovering from the events of Infinity War, where he didn't kill Thanos. And Thor being Thor 100% blames himself for that. Even though the fight with Thanos was a team effort, he 100% blames himself. So as you can see from the trailer, we get a montage of Thor becoming the more buff and in shape Thor that we know. But it wasn't just that. There was more to Thor's journey, especially in this movie, than just getting in shape and getting over the fact that he didn't do the deed in Infinity War. Because his journey in this is less of a, oh, I'm not strong enough to save the world kind of thing, and more of a what do I want in my personal life thing. All the while, we have Jane coming back into the picture, Jane who he never got over. So we do finally get that backstory of at least their relationship and what happened between Thor Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok. So while this movie does answer some questions, as for Thor's journey in this, I feel like it it, it has to compete with too much because we also have Jane's story. We also have Gore's story. And I, th I feel like Gore the God Butcher's story is just kind of introduced, then forgotten because he's the big bad guy, and then kind of reintroduced a little again. Loki and Killmonger are two of my favorite MCU villains, and that's because they have the most in-depth stories. And while I don't need every single villain to have some huge story for me to enjoy them, I would have liked a little more from Gore, because it has the potential to have been really good and really meaningful. But they just kind of introduce it, then he's the bad guy. 
Though still, Christian Bale did an amazing job. But that's not surprising, he's a good actor. Even though I like to make fun of his Batman, because he talks like Nick the Explosion, doesn't mean I don't like him at all, I think he's a fantastic actor. But actually, I think I kind of jumped off the point here. So, even though Jane becomes Thor in this, she picks up the mantle of Thor, we do know that this is a Thor movie, so it's really about him. And I don't think his journey got enough love, because at the end, again, no spoilers on this part, but at the end, Jane seems to just know what he needs. And I would have liked just a little more towards that, just a little more of maybe Thor and Valkyrie talking about him, and just saying, hey, we need to look out for him because of this, this, and this, thus hinting that she does understand. So yes, I think the plot in this kind of moves a little fast, and I think we needed a little more time between big plot points. Because the whole movie feels like, okay, this happens, let's go here and do this, we go here and do this, oh, we need to do this other thing. So we go and do that, and then this other thing, and yay, we're done. But don't misunderstand, the movie was entertaining, it was funny, it was full of action, it was a good comic book movie, and I think Taika Waititi proved once again how he is really good at his job. Because please remember, or please understand, that I, I actually really did like this movie. I liked it a little less than Ragnarok, because I think Thor Ragnarok had a more fluid, more well-fleshed-out story, while I think this one tried to do too much, and a lot of times when I don't like a comic book movie, it's because it does try to do too much and it leaves too much up to our just inherent understanding, our ability to fill in the blanks. So I would have liked a slightly longer movie. Give me 215. Give me 220. I think that would have been great. 20 extra minutes would have served this movie so well. So the pacing of this movie was just a little bit of a miss. It was not terrible. It wasn't terrible at all. But that's my main critique about it. The rest of it was pretty damn good. We know these actors already. We know they can do the role. They know their characters. So unless the director really drops the ball with these films, they're always going to work. At the very least, the movies are just going to be good. Not great, not particularly memorable, but good and good enough to forward the MCU. This surpasses good. It becomes really good. One of the more impressive visual elements of this movie were the battle scenes with Gore because of his ability to jump in and out of shadow. The shadow creatures themselves were nothing special. Like If they showed up in Stranger Things, I would not be surprised. But Gore himself fighting was really cool, and I wish they did more with that. I understand why Gore uses minions. That That's just a key part of being a villain. But I wish we saw a little more of Gore and the gods fighting. That would have been cool. I would have liked to have seen a scene where we watched Gore kill one of the gods in full battle. I think that would have been really cool. And it would have made him a scarier enemy because it felt like the film was relying on us knowing how scary he is inherently. And the few scenes he had, he was scary and a good fighter but I would have liked to have seen him take down a god. That could have been some of the extra 15 to 20 minutes in the movie. Just him obliterating a god. There are a lot of hints towards the aftermath of what he did, but show him straight up murking a higher being would have been a really cool scene. And who knows, maybe there is one of those scenes in the extended cut, if we do get it with deleted scenes. But... 
I would have liked to seen it in the actual film. But these complaints I've had about the movie, it, it's important to note that I still really liked it. And these complaints are just what's keeping it from being a great film. Like right here is how I measure the difference between really good and great. Basically between an A and an A+. Look, if you like the MCU, go see this movie. If you liked Ragnarok, go see this movie. If you didn't like Ragnarok, still consider going to see this movie. Thor Love and Thunder was fun and it was well worth your time. And it has wonderful implications as to the future of the Thor universe within the MCU. Of course, we'll go into detail about that in the next section as I'm about to wrap this up. Remember, in the next section, it's not just a review because I already did my review. It's right here. I'm going to talk about specifics from the movie, specific scenes and what I thought of them. And then we wrap up the entire show. But for now, let me give you my score for Thor Love and Thunder. And Thor Love and Thunder gets an 8.5 out of 11. Well, my future friends, remember, if you do not want any spoilers, now is the time to GTFO. No hard feelings. I understand. I'd appreciate it if you came back and finished listening after you saw the movie. But after this break, it's spoilers galore. Stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're, We're Doing, Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. We are back. We are back with all of the spoilers. So just as I always do when I give a movie review, I'm going to give you to the count of three to skedaddle. That is one, two, three. So Jane's in Valhalla, huh? She's she's dead. She is dead. She is in Valhalla with Heimdall. I kind of wished we got to see Odin. I thought that would have been pretty cool. Or even Loki. Because remember, the MCU Loki is still dead. And as we learn from this movie, you don't have to actually be an Asgardian to go to Valhalla. You have to die honorably in battle. And I'm assuming for the protection of Asgard. What did Loki do? He tried to protect people from Thanos. And he risked his life in the battle at the end of Ragnarok. True, he was a big villain for a while, but I think he had his redemption arc. So are we going to see MCU Loki again? Who knows? But yes, in this movie, just like in the comics, Jane had cancer. And she hears Mjolnir calling to her, and thus she becomes the mighty Thor. And I really, really wished, I really wished we got a little bit of that in-between. When she's in New Asgard and you see the shards of Mjolnir shaking, and then fast-forwarding to watch her in battle when Gore attacks New Asgard. I would have liked something in the middle. And I think that is part of what I would have liked that extra 20 minutes to show. 
Because was this them trying to be sly? Was just this Taika Waititi trying to be sly? Like, no, we know what's going to happen. She walked up to the shards. They started shaking. We know Jane was going to be the mighty Thor because of the trailers. There was no reason to play coy with us. But it was, of course, good seeing Kat Denning again outside of WandaVision. And we got that short scene of Stellan Skarsgård again. It was good seeing him. But I was so happy. I was so, so happy to see Matt Damon back as the actor who played Loki in the play within Ragnarok. But not only him, but we got Luke Hemsworth back as actor Thor. And we got Sam Neill back as actor Odin. And it was a lot of fun. And not just that, but added to the cast was Melissa McCarthy as actor Hela and her husband, director Ben Falcone, as the stage manager. That was, that was great. And it's these little things that I think Taika Waititi does so well. Watch any of his movies and you'll find just these wonderful pockets of joy. But there were quite a few of these people returning. Jamie Alexander back as Sif just for a little bit. Like I said, Kat Dennings as Darcy, Idris Elba. And what I didn't know, the girl who played Love, the girl who played Gore's daughter, who then Thor adopts at the end, is played by Chris Hemsworth's own daughter, India Rose Hemsworth. And not just that, but his son, Tristan Hemsworth, plays Kid Thor. Just a really quick scene. And his other daughter, Sasha, is one of the kidnapped kids. Oh, and I didn't know that Nellie Portman's kids were in that too, as well as Taika Waititi's kids. That's, that's pretty cool. So yes, this is the spoiler-filled section. Let's talk about other spoilers. I am disappointed that Gore died. I would have liked him to maybe escape somehow. They could have kept his daughter coming back and still having Thor adopt her, but maybe he was like, oh, after all I did, I'm not worthy, or I have more work to do. I don't want her with me for that. So then he leaves, but it would have been cool. It would have been cool to see a returning villain. We don't see them a lot outside of Thanos. In fact, I'm struggling to think of a returning villain. And for the purpose of this, I'm not counting people we've seen again in like Avengers Endgame or Infinity War when there's time travel or the Spider-Man movies. So, you know, let's change course and talk about the mid-credit scene and the stinger. The mid-credit scene is... Zeus, who's not dead, despite being struck through the chest with his very own lightning bolt, and is saying basically Thor needs to be taken down, and can you do it? And we see it's Hercules. Hercules is played by Brett Goldstein, who I didn't know about because I don't watch Ted Lasso, even though everyone says watch Ted Lasso. I know. Okay, I will. I will. I just want to catch up on half of the damn shows we have going. But that's really the main thing he's from, is from Ted Lasso. So I don't know that much about Hercules. I do know that Hercules is a good guy. He's been on the bad side a couple times, fought against Thor. I know he had his uh, mind taken over or he was brainwashed by someone, a Scarlet Witch or Enchantress or someone. Brainwashed him for a bit. I know he was part of the Avengers. I think he joined the Guardians of the Galaxy at one point. I'm not sure if he was an actual member or just with them for the ride like Thor was in the MCU. But we know that in Thor 5, Hercules is going to be one of the antagonists, but is he going to be the main antagonist? Probably not. Because unless I'm wrong, and please do tell me if I'm wrong, he's mainly been on the side of good, unlike Submariner, who will be seen in Wakanda Forever, who is a gigantic ass and has killed a ton of innocent people. Him, I could see being a main villain. 
Hercules, I can't. So the question would be, in Thor 5, who would the main villain be? But now it's time to talk about the stinger at the very end of the credits. We see Jane show up in Valhalla, and who greets her but Heimdall? And I think that was smart because they can also leave it open to who's actually alive, like who's going to return. Will we see Anthony Hopkins again? Will we see Loki? Will we see Thor's friends who were killed? Will we see Thor's mom? Because in comics, no one's dead forever. Unless you're, I'm pretty sure it's just Jonathan Kent and Uncle Ben. I'm pretty sure they're the only ones who have stayed dead forever. Gwen Stacy eventually came back. Peter Parker's parents came back for a little bit. Wait, did Jonathan Kent become a Black Lantern? I don't think he did. But yes, as we know, people don't stay dead in comics. So Jane dying of cancer, a sad part indeed, but we still see her. She is worthy of going to Valhalla and they wouldn't have shown that if there wasn't a plan for her in the future. If there's something Disney and Marvel are good at, it is getting us pumped for what's coming. And a good part of that getting pumped are these mid-credit scenes and stingers. We've come to expect them. That's why when the mid-credit scene or a stinger is a joke, it's still funny, but it's kind of disappointing because what we really want is some sort of a hint of what to look forward to because we know it's going to be years until we see the next film. And that's why it's so good that Marvel releases so much is because we get to watch something else and not just sit and wait because it's not until November that we have the next one, which is going to be Wakanda forever. Then in February 2023, we're getting Quantum Mania. And what after that? After Quantum Mania, I had to look this up. We have... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 set for May. The Marvels set for July. I'm really excited for that, especially to see Kamala Khan in a movie. That would be cool. And Monica Rambeau's return would be dope. But look at me, getting off track here. Let's talk a little bit more about Thor Love and Thunder, and then I'll send you on your way. So this movie gave us another reminder that Valkyrie is a lesbian, that she likes the ladies. And I just want them to pull the f***ing trigger and just have a main character in a same-sex relationship. It's not that hard. Some people will get angry, some people will boycott it, but f*** them. They're assholes and terrible people anyway and don't deserve the enjoyment of the MCU. And if you find that offensive, this show is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure, just leave. So it'd be nice if Valkyrie, you know, had someone and we got to actually see it. Okay, that's something else I want to talk about. The final fight. I was upset when Valkyrie got hurt and Jane was too sick to go because I was like, we have these two great female characters and you're going to leave them out of the final battle. I get that it's a Thor movie. I 100% get that. But Jane is Thor too. She is the mighty Thor and deserves her time in the spotlight. But yes, lo and behold, she goes anyway and helps save the day. Good for her. But I loved the fact that Thor imbued the kids with the power of gods, and they fought. It, it was cheesy at parts, especially with that little kid with the rabbit, but that was also awesome. A really close friend of mine didn't like Thor Ragnarok that much because he thought it was too goofy. And I told him, don't worry, I love you anyway. You are one of my brothers. You are one of my best friends. Uh, that will not affect our relationship. But alas, you are wrong. Darren, I'll just say your name because you don't listen. You are wrong. I am right. So yes, that was one of the goofy parts of the movie, but it was also pretty cool seeing these kids, these Asgardians, with the power of a god, fighting back after being kept prisoner the entire movie. 
And the fight with Gore was cool, yes, but I would still have liked to seen a little more of Gore being badass. But something I've been wanting to see is more hints of the coming big bad guy, of Kang the Conqueror. We saw him in Loki, and that was really cool. We haven't seen hide nor hair of him since, and I would like some hint. Just a little bit that, yes, he's still there. Yes, he's still the big bad. Yes, we're building towards something. I would like to see that. It was cool in the scene that took place in Eternia. Was that what the city was called? The Eternal City where all the gods lived? It was cool to see gods from other religions. That was really cool. And it was cool to see the Celestials there. That was dope. So I'm kind of losing my train of thought here. So it's about time to wrap this up. Thor Love and Thunder was a good movie. It was better than Multiverse of Madness, but it was not as good as Ragnarok. It is definitely up there in my list of Marvel movies, but it could have been so much more, and I wish they got just a little extra time. I'm actually still glad that they left Valkyrie as the king of Asgard, that Thor didn't just come back. He's like, okay, well, I'm back now. Goodbye, Valkyrie, GTFO, because I think she's a good character. I would have liked to have seen a little more of her. But again, like I've said many times already in this episode, that's my overall critique. I just wanted a little more of so much of the movie, just a little more. And one more cool thing I just want to talk about was the that whole storyline that Thor was watching Jane wield Mjolnir and Stormbreaker was jealous. I thought that gave us some pretty funny scenes. Oh, that's it. Thor and the kid. That's what I wanted to talk about. Okay, so we know when Thor was talking about their relationship, that he had kids on the mind. And we know that Jane maybe didn't, we didn't actually get confirmation that she didn't want kids. We didn't get that, but we know that they kind of grew apart. And despite what Thor said, it was more of a mutual uncoupling than it was a breakup just because she left, but also he left too, as she points out. So Thor still struggling So when we have Gore making it to the center of the universe and getting his wish, he wishes for his daughter back instead of the death of all gods. So instead of revenge, he chooses to bring his daughter back. But first he's like, well, I will bring her back just to die. She'll be alone. And Jane goes, no, nope, she won't. We have Papa Thor here. We have good old Uncle Thor Odinson because that's what Thor needs. And I would have really liked some conversation Some deeper conversation, not just the one we had on the boat on the way to the darkness planet, but another conversation between them where they kind of mentioned that, like this this future that they could have had and how he wanted that even though they grew apart. So then when she saw the opportunity, she's like, oh, Thor needs someone. This kid needs someone. They could have each other. That would have been nice to see, but I still like the ending. I thought it was cute. And before I wrap this up, something really quick. I just went down this Marvel fandom rabbit hole, and I didn't know that the Necro Sword was originally wielded by Null. Null, uh, I think, is the father of all symbiotes, so Carnage, Venom, all of those. That is pretty dope. So Null gets killed by the Golden God or something. Oh, a gold. Uh, Null was incapacitated during a battle with a group of Golden Armor Gods. All black, the Necrosword left him and found gore. That's just cool. I like that how they can, if they want, tie the Spider-Man and Venom movies into this if they wanted. The future for the MCU is getting cooler and cooler as we speak because they have so much possibility 
to pull from the comics or to pull from whatever the f*** they want. My friends, if you haven't seen this movie, go see it, because it's a lot of fun. I enjoyed myself. Even though I thought the film could have been better, it was still fun. And that is what's important in a movie. Well, that's it for this episode. I will have a regular episode this week, maybe a little later than normal, because I did this one first. We will see. But my future friends, please remember to tune in every week for my regular show. Please remember to share the show with your friends. That is how we grow. Please give me a rating on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. I would love five stars, please. And please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.